from the Midwest United States and the home of the Mansion Entertainment Group, welcome to this very special edition of Mansion Magic, bringing you a behind-the-scenes look from the world of motion pictures, theater, television, animation, music, and the latest news from Mansion Studios and the Mansion Theater for the Performing Arts. Well, it's time to raise the curtain once again on this very special edition and see just what's happening right here on Mansion Magic. Well, it's hard to believe here we are, 2023, a new year, and uh, the excitement continues with the Mansion Entertainment Group. I want to welcome everybody back to this special edition of this uh, Mansion Magic podcast. I've, I'm excited about this particular guest today, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I'm going to go all the way back when I, I was born in Baltimore, Maryland. I might have told you guys this, and uh, and when I was a kid. Um, my mom, there were there were very very strong traditions in our Italian family, and uh, one of those traditions were the parades. And there were many parades. Uh, there was the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. There was the Mummers Parade in Philadelphia. I mean, all of these we would watch on television, and they were events in our home. And but there was a very special parade, and from the time I can remember. It was the, and you know what was great about this parade? It was the fact that this parade was like that extra little added attraction after Christmas that you waited for. It was like, well, it's not over yet. Here comes the Tournament of Roses parade. And we would sit there and watch that parade as a family every single New Year's Day. Well, I got to tell you, um, not only were we so proud uh, to be part of the Rose Parade this past uh, year, or actually <laughs> this past month, um, in Pasadena, California, the Mansion Entertainment Group um, was the finale sponsor, as you know, and we are going to maintain that relationship with the Rose Parade for a long time. But I thought it would be fun to find out the history of the parade from the man who should know it all the executive director and ceo of the tournament of roses david eads david how you doing buddy hey rick i'm doing well how are you doing today i'm excited man yeah and you know you know i love a parade i can't i can't help it i love a parade and obviously we all we all love a parade rick we all love a parade (laughs) and i know that i know that it is your heart and soul um but david thank you so much for taking the time to be with us how long have you been with the uh rose parade yeah so i joined the tournament of roses back in uh actually six years ago yesterday Wow. So I joined the the first part of February in 2017. So I have now been through uh, five parades and one television special during my tenure here. Well, congratulations, sir! I got to tell you, man, it was an experience and a half, man, being uh, being there in Pasadena this year. So, uh, so let's go back in time. All right, David. So the parade is what this is the 135th year, correct? Yeah, coming up, the 2024 parade will be the 135th edition of the Rose Parade. All right, take me back to the beginning, the very beginning. How did this parade begin? Sure, if you go back to the late 1800s here in Southern California, you know, the the communities of California, Los Angeles, Pasadena were really just a a speck on the map um, compared to, you know, the majority of the U.S. population that lived you know, on the east side of the Mississippi River, right? Your right. population centers were in 
like you said, Baltimore, New York, and Washington, D.C., and Philadelphia. And so there was a period of boosterism going on here in Southern California to attract people to visit and move to California. Um, and so back in 1890, a, a group of individuals that were members of the Valley Hunt Club, that was a, a hunting club here in Pasadena that would go up in the foothills um, and hunt, um, decided to do a, a, a basically a floral pageant celebrating the weather, the flowers that were growing at this time of year, January 1st, when the rest of the country was in a deep freeze underneath the snow and cold and ice. Um, and that was the incarnation of really celebrating the lifestyle of Southern California, Pasadena, California. Um, and they celebrated by decorating their wagons and horse-drawn carriages, wow. taking them down, taking them down a street. They also had a series of, of you know, concerts with with local bands. They had uh, chariot races. They did tug of wars. They just did a whole series of events to really celebrate the beginning of the new year here in Southern California. And from that, we now have today's um, extravaganza of the Rose Parade presented by Honda. Amazing. You know, when I was out there and I, and you were so kind, uh, your staff was amazing. Um, I, I've got, I got a chance to actually take a tour of the, the Wrigley mansion. That's where your offices are, right? That is correct. So, you know, the Wrigley family, uh, obviously they're based out of Chicago, Wrigley chewing gum family, um, had homes. William Wrigley Jr. had homes all across the United States. Um, and his wife Ada loved, their house here in Pasadena. It was built back in the early 1900s um, on what was then called Millionaire's Row. Mm-hmm. A lot of industrialists from the Midwest um, used Southern California as their you know, the winter home. And so Ada loved to be in the Wrigley Mansion on New Year's Day as the parade wind up out front of her home wow. on Orange Grove Boulevard. Um, so that when she passed, the family deeded the home to the city of Pasadena, with the intent that the Tournament of Roses always be headquartered here. So we're extremely fortunate that we get to to work in this incredible building uh, here in Pasadena. You know, it's 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 amazing. I, as I was taking a tour uh, on the when I was out there in January, um, they were sharing with me just how many prestigious, amazing people have walked through those doors, including presidents of the United States. Yeah, you know, we have quite um, quite a history of grand marshals that have presided over the parade over the past 135 years. Um, so when you look back in history again, we have just this huge history within this community and, 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 and across the world. Um, and everything from, you know, entertainment, you know, Frank Sinatra, Bob Hope, wow. Um, wow. past presidents, Dwight Eisenhower, Richard Nixon, you know, Shirley Temple, to today's current, um, you know, our, our uh, grand marshal this year was Gabby Giffords, yeah. uh, former congresswoman from Arizona. We've we've just had a really storied history around the people that have presided over this parade. Now, here's here's what really, really, really blew my mind is the fact that that the Rose Parade is operated primarily by volunteers. That is correct. So the Tournament of Roses Association is a membership organization. Um, as CEO, I oversee the business operations, and we have a full-time right. staff of about 35 full-time staff. But on the on the parade and the game side, it's um, we have 935 volunteers that work year-round to put together both the parade and the game. 
and they donate somewhere in excess of 80,000 volunteer hours a year in order to make our events happen. So it, it really is a labor of love for our volunteers that will work 20, 30, 40 years in um, helping us put together both the parade and then the Rose Bowl game. I mean, what's astounding is you, what, what, you, what there are like a million people on the streets there on parade day, correct? Well, yeah, you got to experience that firsthand this year, right? Yeah, yeah, just how special Pasadena is on January 1st. You know, we build grandstands, temporary grandstands for the parade for about 100,000 people. But we have almost a million people that will line the parade route, standing five, six, seven That's people amazing. deep um, to walk up and watch the parade. They estimate we typically have around 100,000 people that camp out overnight. You know, they they're, uh, at 12 I noon, they're able to start camping. Yep. <laughs> and, and you know, and, what, um, not to interrupt you, but I actually, my wife and I, we were watching, it, I guess it, it was a little rainy on, um, on New Year's Eve, right? And on New Year's Eve, we saw, th- this is two days before the parade, because this year the parade was on January 2nd because it fell on a Sunday. Um, but, the de- but the deal was, David, so we were watching these families building little huts in the rain <laughs> and sleeping there two days to be there. Well, you know, we love our weather in Southern California, but, you know, at this time of year uh, in January, you know, the temperature can go down at night into the 30s or the 40s. So it can be it can be a little brisk at night for, for a family camping out. But it's just a huge tradition. You know, multi-generations of a family um, will camp out overnight um, to have that perfect seat for the Rose Parade on, on January 1st or January 2nd, as it was this year. And it really does become part of their family traditions well, and how they welcome in the new year. Exactly. And the thing was, what we saw that was very heartwarming was how all the different people that were, the families that were there on the streets and the individuals and those who were camping out were feeding each other and making meals. It was wild. It was just amazing. It really is a community celebration. It yeah. really is bringing the community together from, doesn't matter you know where you're from geographically or economically or anything. It's just a, a community uniting uh, around this event that really does bring hope and joy to people every January 1st. Well, now let's talk about the questions everybody has. And and I was fortunate now that I've actually seen it up close and personal. I'm even more, I'm more completely astounded um, across the board. You know, obviously when I was a kid and, I'm, and that, since I was a kid, every time I watch the parade, you're always listening to the commentators and they're talking about the fact that Everything on the float must be a plant or a flower, or it has to be organic. It, there can be nothing else. These floats are 100% uh, floral or or fruit or you name it. And you're, there's one thing about watching it on TV. But when I was there, and especially when I looked at the, our float and many that were around it there that were being built, I looked at the detail that was so amazing. I mean, literally, these 60-foot floats are all covered in absolutely gorgeous flowers and fruits and seeds and vegetables and whatever it is. But the amazing thing is is that they are they're works of art, David. No, they truly are works of art. And when you're able to see them up close and see the detail, you really you really appreciate it. You know, I'm sure when you saw when you toured some of our float barns, you will have volunteers with tweezers putting yep. beans um, onto a portion of a float that might be, you know, an eyeball for for a character on the float. I mean, the amount of detail work that goes into these floats is absolutely astounding, and it takes thousands and thousands of volunteers 
working that last week before the parade to really get our floats ready. Because as you said, every surface must be covered in organic material, whether that's fruit or flowers or seeds or nuts or coconut or whatever it might be. There's no surface that can be shown. They all must be covered in this organic material. And that's what makes these floats so special. And not only that, it's the creativity, David. I got to commend your, your entire team. Um, it's a creative experience. It's not like, oh, let's just put a float out. And, we, you know, well, there's, there's parades where there's just, there's floats. I mean, but when you look at these, and when I said work of art, I really mean it. Um, you're looking at these, you're going, boy, it's too bad that they've got to be taken apart. <laughs> I mean, you, you want them to stick around after all the work that, that, that goes into those floats. Um, but to well, me... They- they kind, of, they kind of smell a little bit after about a week, right? <laughs> the fruits, the, the flowers, they start to die. That's not a nice smell. No, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. So now let's talk about the volunteers to put it all together. So there's a lot of community groups that get involved. Like, for instance, the decorating of the floats right before the parade. Um, how many people does that take? Yeah, there's thousands of volunteers that come out over the course of, of, of about the five days uh, leading up to parade day. Um, working sometimes, you know, 12, 10, 12, 14 hour shifts uh, to get our floats prepared. And if you think about it, you know, the seeds and nuts can be assembled, uh, can be attached to the float in December because they'll last. Right. But the live florals will only last four or five days. And so that work cannot happen until around December 26th, 27th is when we start putting the live florals onto the floats. And obviously there's a rush up to January 1st. So it really does take thousands of volunteers. We work with lots of volunteer organizations um, that donate their time to and, and service to do this. We also have people that fly in from across the country. You know, you'll meet individuals that they have volunteered for 25 years, and this is how they want to spend their New Year's: is they they fly into Southern California to to work on a rose parade float for three or four days and putting it together. So um, it really is a labor of love for all of these people. So I, I don't know if you have this answer or not, but I've got to ask it. Um, how, have you ever estimated how many flowers are utilized in that entire parade? You know, we've, we've tried to do some of those numbers, you know, and it, again, depends on the float and the design of the float and how many flowers are there. But a typical floral float will have sometimes 70 to 80,000 blooms oh on my, just that one float. You just blew my mind. I cannot believe you. 70 to 80,000 so, blooms. So wow. if you take, you know, and again, not all 40 or 45 floats in the parade have that many blooms, but you can see it's literally millions of flowers that are part of the Rose Parade. Oh my gosh, that that's amazing. Well, there's another part of the parade that is, um, I guess it all it also began right at the very beginning, and that is the um, the uh, Rose Parade Queen and Court. Yeah, that, you know we've had a, the Rose Parade has had a royal court going back more than a hundred years, um, and again these are individuals selected from the Pasadena area. Right, uh, right now our our area is the Pasadena City College High Schools in colleges within Pasadena City College. Um, we've had a court, um, for most years it's been a court of women, but we've had men as part of the court uh, several times in our past. Um, but these young people, they try out, go through an extensive interview process. Right. Um, they're really selected for their engagement in the community, their work in schools, their service, um, and they become ambassadors for the Tournament of Roses um, and work you know, year-round uh, for the year. They're selected in, in October, 
and they work for a year, um, again, in, in service to the community of Pasadena. And obviously one of the one of the true joys of being a member of the Royal Court is you get to ride down the parade route on New Year's Day, as well as participate uh, in, in some on-field activities at the Rose Bowl game. Yeah, the Rose Bowl game. It all comes down to that, doesn't it? As the parade ends, the game begins. Yeah, you were able to experience that this year. You know, there's nothing like a New Year's celebrate, New Year's Day celebration in Pasadena where you get up early in the morning, you you go to the parade, the parade concludes, you go down to the Rose Bowl Stadium, you can tailgate with family and friends, <laughs> and then just an amazing football game, you know, that kicks off New Year's Day at 2 o'clock. Again, a tradition for more than 70, 80 years we've had that on television, but um, it really makes for a special New Year's Day in Pasadena. I don't want to put you on the spot, but any very special, memorable, like like classic moments over the years from the parade? You know, what, what really stands out in my mind, it's not just a singular moment, but it's, it's again, the energy and electricity that you feel right. along that parade route. And then it's the smiles. It's the, yeah. it's the joy that yeah. kids are having with their families, with their parents, you know, as a float comes by or a character comes by. Um, I mean, that's what this is all about, right, in bringing that hope and joy um, of the new year to people not here locally, but around the world. I think that's what really stands out in my mind. Sure, there's been some incredible floats that stand out or or an equestrian unit or a grand marshal, but it really is that engagement with families. That's the story that we have to tell and how we they transform lives. You know, we have more than five to 6,000 high school kids uh, as part of our band program. We typically yep. have around 20 bands. And some great and bands the work they, they were. Do, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, right? And the work Amazing. they do to raise money, to be able to travel. Some of these kids have never left their hometowns. They've never been on an airplane. Um, and now we put them on a global stage, right? And they're, they're marching in front of a million people and, and another 30 million in the U S and another 30 million across the world watching them. So, um, you know, we can transform lives with the work that we do. And, and that's what's really rewarding and, and really memorable for me. And I've got to tell you, uh, I was very, my wife is, uh, is an equestrian and she was in, just in heaven uh, because of so many uh, equestrian units that are in the parade. And we also got a chance to go to the um, little pre equestrian event uh, the day before, uh, which was wonderful. Uh, the Equest Fest, I think it's what it's called. Uh, That's correct. You know, yes. All part of your celebration, but I've got to tell you those, those horses, man, so majestic, David, so majestic. Well, it's part of the, you know, it's it's really the the root of who we are, right? Again, when you look back to the 1890s, those carriages, those carriage carriages were drawn by horses. Yeah. Um, and so the equestrian units have been a tradition in the parade since it started 135 years ago, and we continue that today. And obviously, there's crowd pleaser. You know, everybody loves the the Budweiser Clydesdales, right? Yeah, of I mean, course. those are just these majestic horses. Um, but for anybody that's a, a horse fan, you get to see really a variety of units uh, as part of the Rose Parade. Yeah, it was absolutely astounding and amazing, all all in one. Um, one, I, I, the one thing I wanted to mention, and and I'm sure you can share a lot more about this. Every year, um, the Rose Parade has a theme, and I'm I'm not sure how you derive that theme. I'm sure it's part of your whole process. And this year was turning the corner. Um, what's what is the upcoming theme for the parade? Yeah, so every year we have we have a theme as part of the parade. Um, 
you know, it's selected by the president of the association. Ah, so okay. the, 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 every year annually, the president association um, has the ability to select their grand marshal and they get to select a theme. Um, and the theme really, you know, is something that embodies their view of the parade and, and what it's going to, what it's going to be. Um, and so, you know, it, it will vary each year based on where the, uh, you know, what, what the, what the, the grand marshal or what the president is really thinking about. Um, so this year's theme is really focused around music. Ah, uh, there and, you go. Uh, you know, a world of music, the universal language. Yeah. Um, and again, if you think about, again, bands have been part of the Rose Parade since inception 135 years ago. Music really unites us as a, as a society and as a, you know, as humans, um, you know, we might not speak the same language. We might not live in the same location, yes, but we all can tap our foot to, to a good beat and music can really unite us. And so that is, uh, what the theme is for this year, uh, with our 2024 president, Alex Agajanian, he has a music background and so music was very important to him. So that he is the one that selected this year's theme. Well, music is the core of my life, as you know. And uh, it is, it's like my father had taught me from the very beginning. He said, music comes from the heart. And he said, it's a gift that will never die. And uh, believe me, right. it is. And you're right. It crosses every barrier of language and reaches to the depths of someone's heart. And that I'm, I love, I love that theme for this year. It's wonderful, David. I've got to tell you, we are so honored, and the fact that we're going to be back with you guys coming up in uh, January, Mansion Entertainment Group. We we're back at the finale with you folks, and the part of the Rose family. We could not be more humbled and honored. Well, we are so pleased to have you um, uh, involved with us, and we really appreciate the partnership. Um, and for all your listeners, you know, we want to encourage them to to tune in <clears throat> and watch the parade on New Year's Day. It will be on January first this year. <laughs> um, but obviously, the the work that Mansion Entertainment Group does, um, you know, in in all of the different aspects of uh, television and film and music is incredible. And we just appreciate uh, being able to work with you all as we uh, produce the grand finale of the Rose Parade. David, it has been an honor to have you on the podcast today, and uh, I will keep in close touch with you. I'd like to do an update with you later in the year as you are already working diligently with the team, as I'm sure, uh, getting ready for the upcoming parade on January 1st, 2024, um, right there in Pasadena, California. And of course, uh, all of the excitement begins now. And I'm, and that always blows my mind that from the time a parade ends within 20 or 40 or 48 hours, you guys are starting all over again. You know what we, uh, in fact, this coming up week, we have our first event that we call theme draft for our floats where our float builders start submitting uh, drawings and themes for the various floats that will be as part of the 2024 parade. So you're right. It's a, it's a year round endeavor. As soon as we complete one parade, we are starting work on the next. Um, and so we are full bore into, into the production you know, schedule for our 2024 Rose Parade. Well, David, thank you again, my friend. I hope you have a, a wonderful day and uh, we will stay in touch with you and, and our best to everyone at the Rose Parade. All right. Thank you so much, Rick. Have a great day. You too, pal. Ladies and gentlemen, David Eads, uh, the executive director and CEO of uh, the Rose Parade Tournament of Roses out there in Pasadena. And of course, you'll be able to catch the Mansion Entertainment 
float and excitement with lots of surprises coming up January 1st, 2024. You don't want to miss it. And keep listening for the latest editions of Mansion Magic, where we're going to be bringing you more and more and more great guests and all kind of behind-the-scenes goodies here on our very special podcast. Thank you so much, and have a great day. Yeah.